people of the world. This is the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Tune in each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or on our website to hear us, three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, as we give voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And if you want to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. You can also get more of us by watching The Brothers Talk Show on Millennium TV's M24 streaming news station. Hello, Brothers Talk family. We're glad that you're with us again, and we're glad to be with you. If it's your first time, thanks for joining us, and we look forward to you being in the mix and spreading the word. Here's another crazy stat related to the COVID-19, and yes, we're still keeping the pressure on about getting vaccinated. Coronavirus has resulted in over 140,000 orphan children, and one of out of every 310 Black children has lost a parent or a grandparent who cared for them, a parent or a guardian. And this is more than unacceptable because it literally is tragic when so many lives have been lost in our communities in particular by those who have just simply done the craziness of refusing to get a vaccine when there is no logistical or logical reason for them to do so. It's just unconscionable to think that we'll allow this virus to go and continue to spread in our communities, in our neighborhoods, amongst our elderly, when there is the vaccine that is available. And so while so many people now are just in the process of trying to get their third shots, we still have people that are against getting the first shots. One of the things that really disturbed me was a, a comment that I heard when, you know, Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets has, at, to this point, refused to get the vaccine. And so he will ultimately, if he doesn't, not be able to play in New York. And there are several other cities. So he would end up missing over half the season if Brooklyn is willing to let him do that. But the sheer fact remains that at this point, I understand that 95% of the NBA has been vaccinated. And so for Kyrie to be out there refusing to get vaccinated when there's all this evidence in front of him that there haven't really been any adverse effects is just the kind of madness that continues to perpetuate. And unfortunately, there's way too many people out there who will look at him as their example for why they don't get the shot. But just keep in mind that we are orphaning our own children when we can't afford to lose any children to the system, but we're losing them now because people have failed to get vaccinated. Now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Norm. Hey family. Thank you for another week of uh, support. And as Rod said, this uh, virus is still out there. It's wreaking havoc on our communities. And we have to do something. I've seen some disturbing trends over this last couple of weeks. When you take a look in the football stands, especially the NFL with NFL, college and, and high school football, 
stadiums are full with people not wearing masks. My takeaway from that is as long as we have football, the football season, the coronavirus is not going anywhere anytime soon. It's going to keep spreading because we have too many people in these stands who are shoulder to shoulders and they are unvaccinated. And I just want my black brothers and sisters to take heed of what's happening and protect yourself and your loved ones. Norm? Um, thanks, Scott. And I, and I kind of want to honor you and Rod here because week after week, we are constantly putting a word out and trying to get the message out in regards to the virus and the damage that it's doing in our community. And I just happened to meet a young man yesterday and just openly discussing it with him. And I'm just really aware of the people who don't know the damage that this virus is really doing on the ground. They're really not aware of the young people and the parents and, and, the, and the communities that are being devastated by this. They're basing their information or their decision on their personal choice that they're not really having empathy for others. And I just want to commend you guys for keeping that word out there. So as promised, we're continuing our series on black relationships and we are repeating the setup that with so much misinformation out there that's coming from so many so-called black relationship experts where there doesn't seem to be any qualifications for it other than you call yourself a relationship expert. So we wanted to just basically try to get some down on the ground comments from people who are actually able to just share their thoughts without any pretense of that we're trying to uh, position ourselves as any type of experts. We just thought it'd be more helpful and more healthy for people to have conversations. As you know, we strive to continually promote critical thinking. So that's what this series of shows is about. And in our first part of this series, we had a single Black female. And so today, we've got a single Black male who is friend of the show and a single Black male Gen Xer, Kyle Lilly, who hails from Buffalo, New York, is now living in Piscataway, New Jersey. Uh, he's a volunteer with Big Brothers and Big Sisters. He was educated at Union County College in communications and the Center for Media Arts in New York. And he currently works for Bristol Myers Scribd, but he's also been a video camera operator for some 28 years covering the New York Jets and Giants and the New Jersey Devils and the Nets and even horse racing. During that time, he was also a co-host and video camera operator for Video Explosion, which was a New York City urban hip-hop video show in the 90s. So we're glad to have Kyle in to just share a bit of his perspective. And so, Kyle, say hello to the Brothers Talk audience. Hello, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Uh, thank you for inviting me on the program. I've enjoyed your content. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. So just getting right into it. So, Kyle, what do you see as some of the biggest obstacles or challenges to relationships, Black relationships, in this new millennium? Well, lately, um, from experience, and I'd say over the last, uh, let's say, 10 or 15 years with now all the social media platforms that have become available, even outside of, say, uh, Facebook and Instagram, but 
more uh, dating websites, let's say, and um, along with the um, media outlets I just mentioned, there's a lot of options for men and women and different ways to get in contact with them. For example, you know, you could have, um, you could be on a, a, a dating website and try to meet someone, but you're, it's, it's just become a, a big challenge because say a particular lady could be uh, on several of these platforms at once and, and just meeting or being in contact, I should say, with could be dozens or even hundreds of men. So with this technology on one hand, even though it's a good tool to possibly meet people, if you're, say, a busy professional or have a hectic schedule, it could be a good tool to possibly meet someone. But at the same time, you're kind of up against a lot because, again, all these media platforms, women and men could be getting a lot of attention. And it just it's it seems like, you know, you're your chances would be or could be kind of slim as far as actually maybe meeting someone and having a relation with relationship with them because of all these platforms, all these options. Um, and I found that to be a challenge. Um, you know, it's not like, you know, 20 plus years ago or, or I'd say pre-internet 25 plus years ago where maybe generally you might, you know, meet a, a young lady through a friend or, maybe at a library, a church, a nightclub, a coffee shop. But now, again, I go back to all the uh, network platforms and, and dating websites. Um, the floodgates have really open, and, you know, trying to meet someone and, 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 you know, going through, you know, the herd of people and trying to weed people out and, and also trying to, you know, even initially contact someone through these dating websites by leaving a message, you may or may not get a response, you know, depending on your pictures and profile and such, um, you know, th this can be very challenging. And, you know, you have to be careful how you order your steps and proceed trying to get to know someone on some of these platforms. So you have to look out for a lot. Kyle, I get what you're saying. Uh, I, I can understand how challenging it can be now because of social media. And there are just a variety of ways that you can meet people that, you know, I didn't have when I was growing up. My question is, is so once you meet somebody, you, you finally hook up with somebody, what's really happening here for the relationship not to develop into something long term in terms of your expectations and what are you getting? You know, you're expecting one thing, but you may be getting something different. Uh, can you speak to that? I'm just trying to, you know, base this on, you know, some prior experience, um, I mean, you know, at times you could be dealing with someone who, you know, may be saying the right things or implying that they'll do this and that, but it's not really coming to fruition. Like, um, you know, people will make you a promise or, or say, I'll do this. And, you know, it's not really happening as part of, you know, uh, of this relationship. So I, I just try to, you know, use my discernment and um, step by step. And, you know, if I feel in my gut, you know, that something's not right, um, I usually go by that. But my, my point is, you know, saying one thing is something, but, you know, actions is, is what speaks louder than the words. I'm not sure if that's, you know, the perfect answer for your question, but um, um, that's what I'm going by. 
by what people do and not necessarily what they say. I guess I wanted to know what are some of your expectations? Are you meeting some of those expectations? You normally, you know, we know somewhat what we want in a mate and what we're looking for in a person. And, um, and I just wanted to know whether there has been a hindrance. Have you, you know, are you meeting people that are not meeting your expectations of, of, of what you would want in a mate or are you meeting people who just out there gaming? Like you said, they're on multiple sites, mm-hmm. but are they meeting your expectations in terms of what you would want in a mate? Well, um, well, things as far as what, um, you know, my expectations would be, you know, someone who is, you know, definitely, you know, loyal and supportive, uh, responsible, um, someone who's, you know, like-minded as myself, uh, a believer in Jesus Christ as well. I think that's um, uh, an important factor too, that, you know, you connect on that level and, and, and be on the same page. You know, someone, expectation, somewhat family-oriented, you know, giving person as well. That's the expectation as well. Uh, you know, someone, you know, again, you know, giving, uh, volunteering with their time, uh, someone also, you know, who takes care of themselves as well, um, you know, physically and mentally and spiritually. So those would fall under that umbrella for me. How do you think that uh, modern women have changed the dating game? Wow, that, that's a good question. I, well, what I'm thinking is, um, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going back to these some of the social media. The, the women have much more exposure now. For example, you know whether they're posting pictures, this and that, and they're getting a lot more attention, and so they're getting a lot more feedback from men, and so they have a lot more options to date or see who they want to deal with. And you know, years ago pre-social media, pre-internet, you pretty much usually, you know, you could deal with people, you know, one-on-one for the most part without all the external from the social media. So they, they, I think they have in a way, and again, through some of these dating websites and such, they do, I think, have some more power and control and leverage because um, they have so many more options now um, to date. And, and also, you know, cell phones too, they could through these websites or even in person, you know, give out their number to X amount of people and they're just getting a lot of feedback and, you know, DMs on Instagram and this stuff. So in a way, I think that gives them power as far as dating. And, um, you know, and also, you know, some women as well in in the workplace, they're able to uh, work for themselves and, you know, have their, um, you know, gainfully employed and such. And so that I think gives them some leverage as well. They can, you know, date who they want and, you know, have their expectations. That's what I think. Yes. So when you consider the fact that, as you say, you've been out on the scene there for a number of years, you've seen things kind of evolve. Do you see a change in the commitment to finding a mate for life, if you will, there used to be, you know, obviously, as we said, 25 years ago, um, and certainly we know there's still a number of folks out there who are, will say they're looking for marriage and, and commitment, but in real terms, when you and some of your single male friends and, 
and obviously the interactions you have with women, do you see that there's that same level of commitment or has it evolved into something else? Well, that that's a good question too, Rod. Um, well, just personally for me, you know, over the years, um, I've had friends and family members, you know, who who have been married, you know, some longer than others, but who are now divorced. And um, that's something that I'm seeing and even, you know, obviously is a concern for me as well. So the commitment part, I, I just don't know if that commitment is as uh, solid as it was years back, because um, it just seems that at least, you know, looking at the numbers, the divorce rate is around 50%. And, you know, supposedly even in the Christian church too, it's at 50%. So it seems like, and again, from people I know or know of, that people aren't staying together. Um, They might stay together 5, 10, 15, 20 years, depending, and, you know, and then divorce, and then maybe, you know, remarry or, or, you know, get divorced and date someone else. So I'm not seeing the same level of commitment, again, from my eyes, um, that I have seen, say, for example, say my parents who just celebrated their uh, 51st wedding anniversary. Um, so it, it just seems to me, and um, and I don't know the exact numbers, but it seems like the past few generations going back, that that family structure overall across the board was more stable as a family unit and couples staying together and families eating together at the dinner table and such and seeing the marriages were lasting longer and the commitment was lasting longer, obviously. But it seems over maybe the last decade and a half or two decades, those numbers could be sliding. So you're seeing less commitment and um you know, and and you're seeing, you know, the divorce rate, you know, around 50%. Because from what I understand, and you guys maybe could fill me in on this, that I think as many single people out, you know, out here than uh, married couples. I, I think it's pretty even, isn't it? Probably more single, I would I would guess. Yeah, we'd have to look that up and uh, see, but it's a good question. Norm, uh, get the last question. My question would be, why do you feel there's less commitment? That's a good question. Less commitment. Well, people can, uh, you know, we're still human and people can, you know, meet other people, whether it's by accident or, or not. Um, you know, you know, even if you're married or in a committed relationship, maybe over time, people could get tired of tired of each other uh, again in a marriage or, you know, a regular relationship and maybe want to see what, what else is out there. Sometimes people just looking for a change, um, even though say they're married and have given their vows and such, that's also a possibility. Um, I know even some of us men and, and women as well too, sometimes, you know, like to, uh, as they get older, date younger people, you know, maybe find a, a younger wife or or husband to satisfy them. I've seen that too. Again, I think going back to the social media, and not that I'm, you know, of course, blaming everything on that. That's not my point. But there's just so, so much more um, eye candy now and access to websites and cell phones. And, and, you know, you got Facebook and dating apps, which a pool of people, you know, 
or at your t- uh, fingertips that you could ac- access, whether, you know, you know them or know them not. You can slide them a message or something. Someone catches your eye and that could make, you know, if you go that way, that could certainly derail any present relationship or marriage you're in. But, uh, you know, people do do that. They try to uh, monkey branch sometimes and, and see what's better out there. Or they can meet someone who, you know, maybe makes more money or is more attractive. Uh, I've seen that as well. So there you have it in our part two of our ongoing black relationship series. And as you can see, we are doing nothing more than posing issues and looking for feedback. And so you've heard another perspective. And so we, as always, invite you to share your thoughts around what you've heard. We want to thank Kyle for coming in and joining into the conversation and sharing his personal perspective, because that's what it really should be about when we talk about critical thinking. We want to get away from this notion of anybody else telling anybody how they should feel or think, because we all know there's no one size fits all. So from Black Enterprise and our positive Black business experience of the week, CoreMed, a healthcare solutions concierge delivery service, announced that it would be the first recipient of Microsoft's $50 million capital fund. CoreMed was founded by Derek Miles, and they will receive access to capital in the form of zero interest loans from Microsoft Banking Partner. Additionally, Microsoft will make CoreMed a partner and offer its services as benefits to its employees. CoreMed really came to the front during the coronavirus epidemic because they provide delivery service of pharmaceuticals and even were able to provide access to on-demand vaccines. So congratulations there. It's a great story of how a Black company has partnered with mainstream capital to expand their options. And as you know, we continue to emphasize that as a part of our relaunching Black Wall Street campaign. So congrats. Thanks again to all of you for joining us. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you want to share in long form with feedback, suggestions, questions, or show ideas, hit us up at the email, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. That's a wrap for another episode. And as always, we appreciate your time and interest that we'll never take it or you for granted. So until next time, let's do better today because that's all we really have.